portions of this program were pre-recorded. Hi. Oh, my God. I love you so much. You guys are awesome. I hear you every single morning. I love ladies. Hello, ladies. I love all of you. Wow. This is amazing. I'm talking to Elvis Duran. The Elvis Duran. Oh, sorry. Elvis Duran in the morning show. And good morning. Here on the East Coast, we're watching the sun come up. We've got shattered glass. We've got shattered hearts. But we have the optimism to pull all this together. Thank you for listening. And good morning, Danielle. How are you today? Good morning. Hanging in there. Thank you. Yeah. Good morning, Gandhi. How are you? Morning. Um, you know, I've been better. I've been worse. It's, it's okay today. Good. Good. Hi, Scary. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Um, getting by. I'm all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, straight Nate. Are you still straight today? I am, Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> still straight. Okay. <laughs> just, just checking in, making sure. Hi, Froggy. Good morning, Elvis. How are you? Uh, I'm concerned. You want to talk about it? No, I'm just concerned for where we are as a country and how do we get better? How do we stop this from ever happening again? And how do we get better? How do we treat everybody equally and love everybody? That's my concern. Very good point. Look, you know, we're starting the show out at 6 a.m. Uh, East Coast time. And so uh, we're going to talk about this. And, you know, in 20 minutes, you know, what we've said here will be gone. It'll be out in the airwaves and it's, it's just going to evaporate into outer space. And so whoever's not waking up at 6 o'clock and listening to this and they turn us on at 620, they're like, well, what are they, aren't they going to talk about everything going on? George Floyd, the whole, the whole, whole story, the whole spectrum. Well, we're going to try to cover it all morning long. Because I want everyone to know that uh, we hear what you're saying and we want to wake up. And I'm not saying opening our eyes after a night of sleep. I'm saying opening our, our eyes and our hearts and our brains after a lifetime of sleep. Uh, this weekend, I posted something on Instagram, thought I said the right thing. And as usual, I effed it up. I left some words out and it, it was a statement that came out. Not what I intended. Uh, I'll tell you the story quickly, but, and, and, and I don't want to make this all about me, but I want to make it about how we are getting into this discussion today. This weekend, Saturday, I was sitting there listening to the news and watching TV, and uh, I was watching all these entertainers and singers and media people posting things on Twitter and Instagram saying you know, what they thought. Well, here's what we should do. Here's where we went wrong. Here's how I feel. And I'm thinking, and I know some of these people, we all do. I'm thinking some of these people are just tweeting and Instagramming just to hear themselves talk. They just want to just blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're not listening. I don't think they even know what's going on. They just want to be a part of the discussion to be relevant. So what I said was this. This weekend, well, I didn't say this weekend, and that's the problem. I said, rather than talk and try to make myself relevant. I'm going to shut up and listen to what people have to say because I believe the problem all along has we have not been listening to what people have to say. Well, I should have said this weekend I'm going to shut up and listen because people started yelling at me, Elvis, you got to use your platform. You can't shut up. This is a problem. Why people need to stop shutting up. You need to say something and be our allies. And it opened up this discussion of me an entire day on Instagram talking to people People were mad. People were supportive. It was, it was one of the most eye-opening days of my life where I wanted to explain to everyone, no, I just want to show up and listen to what you had to say. And this kind of what I did, even though I was responding to everyone, I had the best conversations with people. 
And uh, well, I'm going to get into that today. Look, you know, racial injustice uh, is just something we live with. We studied it in our history books. We see footage of protests from riots from the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s and protests as well. And then as I was thinking that, I'm like, wait, this is not a, a just now thing. And we know this. Listen to what I just said. We're studying protests from 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And that's just the years where we had film of these things. Not to mention all the years and hundreds of years before that. It's, it's an everyday thing now. And this everyday story, we have to make something more important. And I'm thinking, no wonder black people in America are just tired and exhausted. One of the people I was so fortunate to talk to Saturday was a 42-year-old listener. She's been listening to our show for a long time, and she's been fighting this fight since she was a little girl. She's a doctor. She grew up with a mother who fought the fight since she was a little girl and a grandmother who fought the fight, and her parents, her grandmother's parents were slaves. This is the life she knows. Who wouldn't be broken by now? But she isn't. She's optimistic. She's hoping for a better world. And I was totally intrigued with the conversation I had with her. I had, it's really great. I had several conversations with several doctors and several people who just said, hey, we listen to you every morning, but Elvis, you guys need to wake up. We need you to be our allies. Well, look, we've always been your allies, but here's what I did not let this show do. I never let this show become a show where we focused on what's important to you. We thought that coming in here every day and just having fun was all we needed to do. Apparently, you expect more from us. Otherwise, you wouldn't be kicking me in the ass like you did. And I appreciate it. I'm, I'm not looking at it as you scolding us for being bad people. I'm looking at you saying, hey, we expect more out of you. We know you. You know us. We know us. So we want to do better. I don't know if anyone's calling you know, Drew Carey saying, hey, Price is right. You really should have a segment on there about what's going on in America. They're not going to do it. I sometimes look at this show as the 20-minute getaway from the things that fatigue you. The problem is, is we're also being a 20-minute getaway from the things that are important, and that's where I lost my footing. So on behalf of my best friends and my family, who I work with every day here at The Morning Show, we want to do better but we need you to help us. You know, what's happened here is this story has become a story that's gone from, from a murder in Minneapolis where a police officer took the life of George Floyd. And it's now become a story about not the, the peaceful protests aren't even making it. It's, it's the, it's the, the other static. It's the looting. It's the riots and stuff like that. You know, even if, uh, if you want to go out and protest peacefully, you can't because other people are merging into your lane and they're pushing you away. You deserve to be heard. So however we can do it, if you can, you can text us at 55100. You can call straight Nate. He's got nothing to do but take your call at 1-800-242-0100. And there you go. With that said, I want to start with Gandhi. What's, what's on your mind? What are you thinking? I don't, I don't even know where to start with it. Um, I'm 
sad and a lot of times, which I would ask you guys to excuse me, my voice is probably going to break because I get really teary, but I'm not as sad as I am very angry right now. Um, and sometimes I just get frustrated and it comes out that way. I think I had some really, really great conversations with people this weekend too. And I had some really sad conversations with people this weekend who have been in my life for a long time. And I didn't think I had to explain certain things to them or tell them like, this is my life. Even though we've grown up together, this is what things have been. And it's been eye-opening and I don't know what the other word is. Overwhelming, maybe, to say the least. Mm -hmm. um, but I love you guys so much. And I looked forward to waking up this morning and coming and doing this with you because I need a break from all the stuff that I watched this weekend and all the things that are happening right now. And I like seeing your faces and being here for this right now. So I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done on everybody's part, on our part, on the country's part, on everyone's part here. And I'm really hoping that we start that today. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's start it, you know what, one step at a time. Do we have all the answers? Nope. I barely have any answers. You know, I'm just so happy to be here with you guys. I'm so happy to see you. Danielle, how are you doing? You know, it's, it's, I was talking to a lot of people over the weekend too. And we were talking about how, you know, I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. And I had friends that looked like everybody. And I never thought about these things because we just never thought about it. We just were friends. And it's crazy to me that things like this go on sometimes because I guess in a way where I lived, I lived in a bubble with those people because I had black friends, white friends, you know, Asian friends, Jewish friends, you know, Catholic friends. Like it didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't matter. And, and that's how I, I, I was telling Froggy that it, I always feel it starts at the, it starts at home. And I, I've always told my children that inside your body, you have bones, you have blood, you sweat the same way. And it, who gives a crap what you look like on the outside? It doesn't matter. Everybody deserves the same rights. Everybody deserves the same everything. Like, like, so the fact that this is all still going on and that this does still go on and that all these things go on, it, 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 it really does shock me. Cause it shouldn't and it's crazy. And then, and, and you know, and it's just, it's sad. It's really sad. You know, you said something very interesting and, and I'm glad you yeah. said the word bubble living in a bubble. We're all living in these bubbles. These yeah. bubbles are so different from each other. You lived in a bubble where the color of the skin really wasn't what made a difference between one person and another. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm look, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you today. And some of it's going to get me in trouble and some of it's going to piss you off. But let me just say, I live in a bubble that will not surprise you. I'm a 55-year-old white guy. I started with basically nothing and bouncing checks, and I've done okay with, with the help of you guys. You know, living in this bubble, this white privilege with a capital P, as far as I'm concerned, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of ready to pop that bubble. Look, it's, it's great. It's awesome to live in this world where... You know, if you see a story on TV about someone else's rights being taken away, you look at it and you shake your head and you're like, God, that's just effing awful, man. How do people treat people like that? And you turn it off. Well, no, no, no. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about uh, people of color. Let's talk about black people. They're living in a bubble too. They're living in a bubble, looking at us at our bubble, going, how, how come you're in that bubble? I'm in this bubble. 
Well, how come you can't? How come you and your bubble over there, white man, don't understand what's going on in our bubble over here? You need to understand it. At the very least, understand it. We may not have the answers on how to help. We'll we'll start with that. May I give you the first word? And this is the word I'm going to use all day. As it comes to police officers in America, I've got many friends on the NYPD, and they're in all different different ranks: men and women, and gays and straights, black. Asian, white, all of them. I don't believe in the one bad apple theory when it comes to police officers. We all know, we've heard this, this over and over, uh, you know, there's good cops, there's bad cops. Bad cops are bad for the good cops. Uh, but what I saw in watching that video of George Floyd and when he was murdered, what's, what scared me the most was this at that time, police officer had his knee on his neck and he had nothing but calm on his face. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen evil that was that pure. Never. Nope. Never. He wasn't a cop. He wasn't even a person. And those other cops, like, what happened, you know? And I'm, I, was, I was saying, Elvis, if you were if you're one of those guys standing next to what was happening to, to Mr. Floyd, would, would you have said, wait, wait a minute, man. Get off of that. Stop it. Leave him alone. Let's put him in the car. You know, we, we took an oath to keep, to keep him safe. It doesn't matter if he, you know, stole a cat from a kitten store or if he, you know, blew up a car dealership. It's not up to us to be the judge and jury. It's up to us to keep him safe so the rest of the system can do its job. That's what we do. I saw that, and I'm thinking, oh, man, this is, this is going to be a tough one, and it is. Look, here's my one word. Step one, in my opinion, accountability. I think that's the first step. Look, when you sign that oath to, to protect us, you've got to be held accountable for anything that goes wrong. Accountability. These officers need to be accountable for what they did. And until they are, until people aren't held accountable for what damage they cause, then how can we not be scared for, for anyone and everyone walking our streets? All right. <clears throat> I know you, you love listening to our show because you want to hear fart jokes and you want to hear phone taps, and we're still debating on whether to play a phone tap or not. But this is our show. Yeah, Gandhi, what are you thinking? Um, <clears throat> I think that video was so indicative just on the whole and symbolic of like what's been going on and what people are screaming about for so long that that did happen in broad daylight as people screamed and begged for it to stop as people have been screaming for years, begging for things to stop. And for the first time, a video was captured that I am not now hearing somebody try to take the other side on. Everybody seems to be on the same side for the first time. And just because this is the first time you're seeing it doesn't mean it's the first time it's happened. It's been happening. But now there's video. So at least people are able to now see the pain that other people have been going through for so long. And it's sad that it took this to get it there but it's there now and now people are paying attention. So I'm really hoping that we can do something with this. 
And as I said before, to that point, Gandhi is, um, you know, the headline here is George Floyd mm-hmm. today. And the headline with George Floyd, George Floyd is all the George Floyds before him. That's the headline. And with everything, with everything else going on, there's a lot of static right now. There's a lot of noise coming through. Don't take your ears, eyes, and heart off of the story. That's all I'm asking. I'm not. So we're waking up after another night of very, very, very rough times in many of our cities. But I just, I just want to remind you that there were many cities that had peaceful protests yesterday. The wrong people didn't merge in and turn them to what they didn't need to be. And uh, there you go. I had a friend who actually showed up at a protest in L.A. She was there. She's a government official, as a matter of fact. She's like, it was great. And then she said, you could see people arriving that were there for another reason. They had a different agenda. Don't forget the good cops. Don't forget the peaceful protesters. And don't forget the people in this world that not only deserve the lives that a lot of us experience and enjoy, but maybe more. We've done really well for ourselves. Here's a concept. Rather than wanting equality, consider yourself, if you're privileged, consider yourself so well off, you don't want to be equal to people. You want them to be better. Go ahead. I'm gonna, I want to sit back, give you the opportunity, listen to what you have to say. I'll just sit here. I'm good. I'm good. Doing really well. Got coffee over here. Got a car. It's all paid off. I'm doing okay. But it's not a financial thing. It's a just get out of your way so you can do your thing thing. That's what it is. So, look, you know, there's a lot of different places to go today for what people are doing. People, Some stations are going to play music. Some stations are going to be talking. Some people... Uh, are going to be a little less frank than us. A lot of people are going to be a lot more frank than us. Here we are, very privileged at what we do and who we are. We're acknowledging that, and we want to listen to you. So here's what we want to do. I think we need to take a break. Is that what we need to do? Straight Nate for once isn't screaming at me. We're going to take a break. Uh, we do, we're reading your, your texts as they come through. It's kind of hard to talk and read, but we're just doing our best. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. I want to get voices on here because like I said this weekend, I'm tired of talking because you're, you don't want to hear what I have to say. Here's what I can do. I can say to you, talk to me. 1-800-242-0100. We'll be back after this. Elvis Duran. Who the hell are you? In the morning show. Gary Jones, and when it comes to home and auto insurance, State Farm is the real deal. File a claim or pay your bill with the award-winning State Farm mobile app. Or contact any of their 19,000 local agents who are ready to help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. Hey, look at that sunshine. That's all I'm saying. Just look at that sunshine. <laughs> you need some sunshine. I don't know. I don't know about you, but over the weekend, you know, I was especially Saturday night, I was uh, watching the news. I was watching 
these peaceful protests across the country turn into things that weren't so peaceful. And, and, I, and I said to myself, you know, you really need to turn this off for a few minutes. And then another part of me, tell me if, if you agree. Another part of me was, if you turn this off, that means you don't care. I'm like, well, so I had this inner conflict going on. Yes. Did, did anyone no. else think that? I feel exactly the same way. And I think that that's a huge problem with what's going on is that once you reach that level of I'm uncomfortable, you want to look away. And for so long, people have been looking away because they're uncomfortable. And we can't do that anymore. You got to stare at it. And it it's terrible. And it makes you feel bad. But like, welcome to the world of all the people who have been dealing with this for so long. Talk about uncomfortable. Looking at myself naked in the mirror today. Shoof. <laughs> I need to shave, man. I, I, I look like my dad. Like he was like, he's so hairy. He was like Harry in the Hendersons, Harry. And I was like, yeah, I got to shave this off. But no, I, I did. I did Saturday night. But I will tell you that when it was finally time to go to bed, uh, I, I, I got into bed and I, I felt my body just shaking. I'm like, oh, boy. So yesterday, mm-hmm. Alex and I decided, uh, let's let's keep up with the news online on our phones and then try to move away then come back and i realized you know the story the main story is always there the george floyd story will never change that's done right but right. of course th- this aftermath and how we pick up the pieces and try to make it right this is the new story but um yeah uh is it line 24 is that where you want to go straight name kelly let's go talk to kelly hey kelly hey how are you well, We're I know do- how well you are. thank you for that's asking. A dumb question. <laughs> well, no, it's not a dumb no. question because I, th- I think now more than ever, you know, when you ask someone that, it means you really need to know how they're doing. But we're doing great, and we'll get more into us later. Let's talk to you, Kelly. Can you tell us okay. about your perspective and, uh, and what you're doing these days differently than you were doing a week ago? Well, um, this past weekend, we, we had all of the riots on TV, and my 10-year-old, Tatum, was sitting there and she looked at me and she said, mom, it seems like it's only ever black people that are rioting. Why is that? And I said, honey, it's not only black people rioting. I said, but this happens so often to, you know, black people, brown people. I said, you have to understand that you've been in the car with both dad and I, when we've been pulled over for speeding I said, and, you know, when the police officer says license and registration, I reached over to my purse. I had to get the registration out of the console of the car. I said, Dad's wallet is in his back pocket. All he did was, you know, reached his right hand back there with the cop standing in the window, and he grabbed his wallet out. There were no guns drawn. There was no fear of, you know, I'm going to get shot. We talked about... Philandro Castile, I, I actually brought up videos for her of when he was shot because he was asked for his license and registration. And I showed her the live stream video that his girlfriend made from the passenger seat as that man had like six bullets unloaded into him. Just And I said, Tatum, it was because he was black. And I also told her, I said, I don't know exactly what the story is with George Floyd. I heard um, a couple of different things, but from what I understand, he, you know, used a counterfeit $20 bill in a place. The clerk called the police. The police came. There was outside surveillance. Um, 
he was not resisting arrest, which I did talk to Tatum about. And I said, the man was murdered. I said, if that was a white person, they would have been cuffed and stuffed in the car and on their way to the station. And that would have been it. I said, Tate, this happens way too often in our country. And furthermore, we had um, a young black woman that lived with us. She was a high school student with my daughter, senior year of high school. And I wanted her to have her hair done really nice for school pictures and stuff. And so I said to her, I'm going to go and get all the supplies that are needed. Like, it was all ordered by a friend of mine. I just had to go pick it up. Like, my friend was going to do her hair. And so I went and picked it up. And when I went into the shop, I immediately felt like, you don't belong here. Why are you here? Oh, you're going to use the credit card. Hmm, okay. Why do you need this kind of hair? Look at your hair. It's straight down your back, long. And the feeling that I got inside, which is also something that my little one and I talked about again yesterday, the fact that I felt like that one time in my entire white life. And I said, Tatum, Alasia has felt like that every week of her 18 years. I said, and when I came home and I was so upset, it was not so much the way I was treated. It's the way I realized that other people are treated, that Asia's probably been treated. And it was just so eye-opening to me. I couldn't believe it. We live in a little bit of, I mean, there, there definitely are racial tensions in the city that I live in. I grew up in a very racial community. It was native and white. And I still, until that day, just did not understand. And so my daughter and I talked about it. And at the end, after we watched the the George Floyd video and the Philandro Castile video, and I said to her, you're going to hear some words that I don't want you to hear. But here come the videos. She was like, they were murdered. And I said, yes, they were. They were murdered. And if they were white, that would not have happened. So it's, it's really hard to explain that to a little kid when what they see is rioting and looting and different things like that. I, and I just, oh, it, the whole thing just makes me sick to my stomach. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that it makes her sick to her stomach because we have lots of people in our life that are just not vanilla, you know. Right. Listen, thank you for calling, Kelly. You're a good mom. And the fact that you shared all that, a lot of, I'm, I'm assuming, not being a parent, I'm assuming that, you know, sharing all of that with a kid, that takes guts and it's, it's probably frightening, but I'm glad you did it. Thanks yeah. for listening to us. Thank you. And please, yeah. have, please have a nice day, okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to take a break. Please man, be careful out there and, and just keep being a good mom. Uh, coming up later, Dr. Uh, Michael Eric Dyson. Uh, uh, Charlemagne called and said, this is a good friend of mine and he's perfect for your show. You got to have him on today. I'm like, Charlemagne, thank you. I, any help you can give us to get through this day. I appreciate it. So Nate actually had a conversation with uh, Dr. Dyson last night. And so, okay, I'll tell you, I called Nate and said, Nate, you got to give uh, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson a call. He has a new book out. Uh, Charlemagne says he's going to be great for our show. And, and Nate's like, okay, I'll call him. 
And then Nate calls back and goes, oh, my God, this guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> He's fantastic. Okay. I think a lot of people, and I think Kelly was trying to relay that as well, have been feeling things that they've never felt before, right? And so I talked to him for 15 minutes, and it just made me realize things that I'd never realized in my entire life. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation that we're going to have with him in about an hour and a half. Okay. He's on the way. Let's take a break. Nice. We'll be back after this. Show. Yeah, uh, just listening to the news, watching it the, over the weekend, uh, I hear them on TV say, and now let's go live to a press conference with the protest organizers in Minneapolis. I went, okay. So I put down everything and watched, and it was so eye-opening. I wish I could have pushed a button at that point and made everyone listen to what they were saying. Not only did you have the uh, protest organizers who were very, 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 very direct and focused on the message, which was all positive, but you also had... Uh, a civil rights attorney, and they even threw <laughs> this great was this guy was great. He was a Baptist preacher from Minneapolis, and he was wow, he was great, awesome, <laughs> and um, it was great to listen. And that's why I decided to post this post. I just want to listen. I'm going to shut up. And I want to listen to what people have to say. And so I, I got I got spankings over the weekend. You you can't shut up. You've got to use your platform. I agree, but I just want to shut up for a minute. And I'm going to do that now because one of the people I met uh, on Instagram was Roz. And uh, Roz, there's something about your post to me that just really, really caught my attention. And I wanted you to put on, I want to put you on today and welcome you to our family. And I, I want you to give your perspective because I think it's so great. It's an honor to talk to you, Roz. Hi, how are you doing? We're doing well, you know, we're, we're trying to figure it out. But, you know, your perspective that I read on Instagram, I think is going to help shine the light on some things. I want you to go ahead and just say what's on your mind and where you're coming from and also give your perspective about your life and where you're from and what you're about. Sure. Well, I've been living in New Jersey all of my life. <laughs> and um, I guess really to start this out, this whole situation is just happening time and time again. Um, I'm distraught. I'm angry. I'm burned. I, I'm nauseous. Um, and I, Every day, I feel like my mind is just getting so bloated, if that makes any sense. My head just feels so full with all this information and what's going on in the world. And, you know, just like everyone who's been demonstrating around the country, you continue to see this injustice time and time again. And we've been waiting. We've been writing petitions. We're trying to get involved in our communities. And for the longest time, we've been trying to do this. And our institutions continue to not hear us. Um, you know, but after being silenced for so long, of course, people are going to take to the streets. It's effective. And now people are being forced to listen. Um, and my friend Misha, she actually is from Newark, New Jersey. The way she put it, and I loved it, it's a rebellion of the underserved and unheard. And they're demanding change. And when things get chaotic, when, you know, when detractors infiltrate these demonstrations with their own agendas, and this leads to people getting hurt and innocent people being blamed. Um, we're, we live in a very racist society, and that is just obvious. Um, but racism, you know, it's likely we won't be able to get rid of that, but we can surely demolish the institutions that allow it to run rampant. And it's not, you know, only Black Lives Matter, it's more can Black Lives finally matter? Um, because when, you know, black lives, when they start to matter on a systemic level, then all lives can matter. And Elvis, you mentioned, you know, what 
uh, my life has been like regarding this. Well, um, my dad, I'm mixed. My mother's white. My father is black. And so my father's black and he's also a cop. And he's also, he was in the United States Marine Corps. And when this Black Lives Movement started years ago, I had a lot of clashing thoughts. And I remember making a pretty lengthy post on my Facebook about, you know, all lives matter because I was so torn because it felt that no matter which side I took, my dad wasn't safe either way. So all lives matter felt appropriate at the time. And it took listening and a lot of self-education to finally get to a point where I can say it's black lives matter. And sometimes I'm actually ashamed whenever that memory of my all lives matter post comes up and I cringe and, and I always want to delete it, but I don't because it's a reminder of how far I've come. And at that point in my life, it was my truth. Um, but it has become really simple to me. Uh, when my dad, when he's not in his uniform, his skin will always make him a target. He is always going to be vulnerable. And as long as his skin is black, he's never going to be unarmed. Why does a uniform have to keep him safe? Mm-hmm. Sorry. <clears throat> when, uh, sorry, this is like a very emotional topic. No, no. I feel you. It's, it is. And you know what? <laughs> Listening to you is very refreshing. I must, I must add here at the halftime show and now back to the game. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Cause you know what you, you are saying some very important stuff here, Roz. I, I knew it. I knew it when I was stalking your Instagram page and looking at your pictures. I knew you were a good person, <laughs> but, but, go, but please, please, please go ahead. I, we want to hear, we want to hear what you do have to sure. say, please. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate all of that. So like I was saying, my point was, you know, why does a uniform have to keep him safe? And why does, you know, his life value decrease when he clocks out of work? And, you know, that's not a country he fought for. And it shouldn't be the type of community he should be sacrificing his life to serve. And, you know, it seems like no matter which way you protest, our administration, the followers will find a way to try to silence or discredit it. And if our government, if, you know... If they don't do what's needed to create this equality on a systemic level, you know, which, you know, this does include prosecuting any cop who has committed murder, you know, our good police, they're going to take the hit every single time. And I just feel our administration, clearly it doesn't serve our black communities. And I don't think they're doing our police any justice either. They're watching us tear each other apart. And, you know, they're either too scared to have these conversations you know, or they refuse to acknowledge their privilege or they just don't care. And this past weekend, I finally got my mother to understand the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, during a discussion. We had this discussion on Friday night and it's been a debate in our household for a long time because she, you know, she was all about our police and our military because of my dad. And I was about the Black Lives Matter movement because of my dad. It was, we all did it. It wasn't out of malice. It was all because of love for this person but I really just needed her to understand why this movement is so important. She's strong. She is independent. She stands by her beliefs, but she allowed herself to be educated and did a complete 180 and acknowledged her privilege and was very emotional about it. And if we continue having these conversations, we may be able to promote change. And when our, the younger generation start taking over public office, there might finally be some justice and peace. 
And so, you know, Elvis, regarding your post this weekend, you were getting annihilated. And that really wasn't (laughs) fair. And, um, you know, sometimes that first step is listening. And I think people should feel ashamed for belittling and criticizing you because rather than attacking you, they should have provided you the tools to build your understanding. And no wonder no one wants to get involved or have these conversations when the second you try to take the step in the right direction, you get abused for, quote, unquote, not doing enough. And I think listening is a great start because, as you can see, some people can't even do that. And to anyone who's listening who may have been in a similar boat as I was, being confused is a great start. It means you're actually thinking about it. And, you know, being lost is great, too. It means you're trying to find the right path. And, you know, anyone who's in that boat right now, we're honored to have you walk beside us on our march to the right side of history because change really does start with you. It starts in your home. Hey, Gandhi. Uh, Gandhi yes. wants to talk to you for a second. Go ahead, Gandhi. It's Roz. Have you met Roz? She's fabulous. Hi, Roz. You sound fabulous. Hello, um, oh, hi. Yeah. I <laughs> just wanted to say I love what you just said about not chastising people when they have a question or they're coming from a place of not knowing or what we may feel is ignorance because, sure, we've been seeing it for so long. How have you not seen it for so long? But if you've come to the point right now where you're saying, help me understand this, I want to know more, I don't think anybody deserves to be yelled at for that. I think now is the time, as sick as we all are, of talking about it, to talk about it more because the only way people are going to be able to understand and listen is if that experience comes from us and we tell them that. So I think alienating the allies right now is a huge thing that we should try to stop doing and I've seen a lot of that too so I'm with you right there all the way preach it girl Roz, I thank get it. you you know what were you nervous coming on today absolutely <laughs> me too absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you man Roz and I are like, shaking like in I our was, boots <laughs> like I was thank you when you had approached me about this opportunity I wasn't sure if I was really even deserving of it because I feel there are other voices that need to be heard other than mine. And you know, I actually had talked to my dad about it. He's like, you know, your truth is your truth and it's important to be that it's heard. So he gave me like a little bit more confidence. And so what I did is I reached out to a lot of people in my life, including black cops, white cops, medical personnel, and my one really good friend I mentioned before, Misha, who's really been on the front lines of this black lives matter movement. And I just wanted to get, I just wanted to have these conversations with them and get, you know, get my mind working and make sure that not only was I speaking my truth, but I was being a megaphone for other people in my life who deserve to have a say. Wow. Well, let me tell you, you prepped for the show better than I did. And uh, it's and the proof is just right there. If you missed what Roz said, I, we're going to run that back later on the show. If you don't mind, you're not going to sue us or anything. Oh, are you? Is, is it cool? No. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> hey, Roz, I do. I do want us to stay uh, stay connected. I rarely check my DMs, but I, I will be looking more uh, for you in the future. And you have our number now. You have the top secret number. So we'd love to hear from you if ever you have a thought. And if ever you see me careening off a cliff uh, and saying, you call me and, and save me, okay? Always. All right, Roz. You've done it Thank you so much. Times. I'm sorry, say that again? If you've done that for me plenty of times. I've been listening for, since I was five. Wow. Well, thank you, Roz. I appreciate it. You go have a beautiful day, okay? You deserve it. Oh, thank you so much. You do too. Stay well, everyone. All right, thank you, Roz. Take care. Wow. So that was our friend Roz. Wow. So, you know, even though they were spanking my ass all weekend, I met some great people. Yeah. <laughs> I really did.
My gosh. So uh, com- coming up, uh, we need to get Danielle's report on. We need to get uh, producer Sam on. We got to get some uh, some uh, perspective from our froggy, who I was talking to all weekend long. We've got a lot to do. Uh, and I know this isn't our typical show, and we are hearing people say, hey, I got to turn you off. This, is, this isn't what I want to hear. That's fine. I don't care. I'm with you. I'm with you. If that's what you want to do, I want you to you do you. It's all good. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. We'll be back after this. Norton 360 with LifeLock provides an all-in-one protection. No one can prevent all cybercrime and identity theft, but Norton 360 with LifeLock is a powerful ally for your cyber safety. Save 25% off with your first year at Norton.com slash Elvis. This is Elvis Duran and the Morning Show. Hey, thank you for all the great texts coming through at 55100. Uh, hey, we knew today's, today's show needed to be different. And then from now on, we need to think differently. I'm not saying we're going to have this type of show every day, but uh, it's the wake-up show. Wake up! Nothing wrong with that. But also with the text, we have a lot of people uh, telling us to go back to being entertainers and stop doing this. I'm like, mm, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, the last thing I want to do is lose listeners. I don't want to offend anyone. Uh, but we truly feel that this is where we need to be today. And uh, thank you for trusting us. And if you don't need to listen today... I'll tell you what, if you don't want to listen today, maybe today is the day you should be listening. Let's put it that way. I'm not going to passively just say, okay, go away. Sorry, I offended you. No, just listen. Yeah, come on. Listen to a, an old white guy struggling <laughs> as he runs a radio show. <laughs> well, a big part of it's me okay. just wants to say, like, what about this conversation is so bad that you don't want to listen to it or you can't listen to it? Because I am interested in that, too, because all of that helps us put together a, a better message to reach people in a way that they can actually be reached. So if there's something about this show that's just rubbing you the wrong way, like, what is it? What is it about this conversation about race that's upsetting? You know what it is? Uh, also, uh, if I may, uh, and I, I think, as I said earlier, a lot of people turn on our show to get away from the news that brings them down. And I get that. And that's, you know, we've we constructed a show here that stays away from getting political. It stays away from things that make people cringe and uncomfortable because you can get that anywhere. There's a million different places you can go for more music or political talk or sports, or whatever. I wanted this show to be based as walking down the center line not offending, just having fun. But apparently, like I said before, uh, in trying to give you a place to get away from sad things, we also took you away from important things. And that's why I want to make this a little different today. And, uh, hey, I don't want you to stop listening. I, I, I want you to support us. And uh, that's all. You know, I, I'm sorry that it's not for you, but I'm not sorry. And I, I, don't, I shouldn't say I'm right. sorry. I'm sorry that I'm saying I'm sorry. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I also think that, oh, thank you. Um, I think that it's really important for all of us to just really keep an open mind right now, really talk about the things that are important and not make this about politics because to me, racism is not a political issue because I don't think all Republicans are racist. I don't think all Democrats are not racist and vice versa. I think racism is an overarching issue that all sides need to be on the same page about. It shouldn't be a divisive thing. To me, it's not politics right. we're talking about. We're talking about right. humanity. Exactly. You're talking about us not wanting to be divisive about something that's divisive. It's, it's just kind of right. it's, it's weird. Right. Hey, uh, let's, let's, let's get rolling. Oh, you know what? I, there is something else I want to tell you. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Uh, 
I don't know if you're familiar with Killer Mike. Killer Mike, he's an Atlanta-based yes. uh, rapper artist. He's just a super nice guy. He's a great guy. Uh, a lot of people are texting in. Okay, you're talking about, uh, the, of course, the headline, George Floyd. And then you talk about police. Then you talk about accountability. But another thing that's going on here is peaceful protests, which are important. Some of them are turning into violent protests and they're turning into demonstrations that turn into looting and this and that he made this oh my god he made this great speech uh with the mayor's office of atlanta i think the mayor of atlanta was doing a press conference he gives a great perspective to loving your city and telling his 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 city uh fellow city goers do not burn down our city this is what we need i want you to hear his speech because it's so great we have that coming up for you in just a second uh, producer Sam, sorry, we're Hi. 45 minutes late. Oh, you know me, running, <laughs> running late. Hi, Sam. <laughs> With the feel goods. We could really use some feel goods today. What do you have for us? And thanks for your patience. I appreciate it. Okay. So as we know, there are a bunch of stories like this, but this story from Flint, Michigan is one that instilled a very certain kind of hope in me. And I know a lot of us who know this is, uh, this went down. So with all the protests that have been happening across the country this weekend, some have been met with brotherhood and sisterhood and empathy by local police officers who find it within their power. Uh, Sheriff Chris Swanson met protesters without the usual officer attire and let the crowd know that the only reason he and his team were there was to make sure that those protesters had a voice. And rather than explaining it to you guys further, we have a clip of his speech right here. The only reason we're here is to make sure that you got a voice. That's it. There we go. For a second, that he represents who these cops are from all over the county and around this nation. We want to be with y'all for real. So I took the helmet off and laid the batons down. I want to make this a parade, not a protest. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Wow. He asked what they needed from him, and everyone started chanting, march with us, and that's exactly what he did. So I want to thank all officers out there, um, and that includes the officer from North Dakota who was holding hands with protesters as they held a sign that said, we are one race, the human race, includes officers in Camden, New Jersey, carrying a banner that read, standing in solidarity and chanting, no justice, no peace, and it includes a large group of police officers in Coral, Coral Gables, Florida, who in a group together took a knee during the protest, which was a really powerful image. So thank you for all those officers and to the rest who have yet to experience this yet or will continue. Um, I want to thank you for deciding to use as much patience and protection as possible in those times, because those are very important moments in what has been an overwhelming amount of haunting news. Wow, Sam. Beautiful. This is my favorite uh, Sam report ever. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. That's a it. good one. What you, you making for dinner? <laughs> yeah. I've like forgotten food was a thing in the last 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You maybe know humble pie. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Alex looked up at me last night. He said, wait, is the pandemic over? <laughs> like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's very much. It's very much alive. Now we thank you, Sam. Have a great day. Okay. I love you guys. Uh, let's go to Danielle. My sister, my sister for 25 years now. <laughs> I don't even Danielle. know. <laughs> yeah. All right. All the years. 
We, we love years. you. What's going on today, Danielle? What do you see? All right. So celebrities were uniting with the world and demanding justice for George Floyd over the weekend. Chris Jenner, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Reese Witherspoon, Vanessa Bryant. Of course, the list goes on and on. Uh, a lot of them saying don't ignore something because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, some celebrities joining the protest like Halsey, even getting things thrown at her. You know, uh, just like everybody else. Uh, Chrissy Teigen, Justin Timberlake, uh, Steve Carell, a lot of other um, celebrities are using their own money to get some of the protesters out of jail. Uh, and it depends on where you look. Some people were upset about them doing this. Other people were um, feeling that it was something that they should do. Um, so there you go. Um, how about some happy news for some people? Kylie Jenner reportedly isn't as rich as she says she is. I know oh, a lot I know over the weekend, a lot of people were excited to hear about this. Forbes did an ex- I know Forbes did an extensive investigation into her, wor- her worth, and they said that her numbers were inflated, and people were like, Wow, this is so exciting. Oh, um, Who cares? She's, a- she's, exactly. actually dis- she's actually disputing it, so I don't know. Oh, no, okay, <laughs> it's no one's business what she has. It is. It's. It, yeah. We don't. We don't need for her to dispute it. Who cares what you have? I know. I don't know. I guess it's. About, I don't know. I don't know. And remember, <laughs> I told you. I told you the other day about Harry and Meghan and the whole drone thing, and they were really worried because the drones were flying really, really close to their house. So they have now um, hired Tyler Perry's security team for that because they're really scared about what's going on there. Uh, Lady Gaga has canceled her Chromatica listening party because of everything going on um, with the George Floyd case and um, everything just going on in the world right now. She didn't feel it was the right time, so she has decided to cancel that over the weekend. Weekend. Uh, people are still talking about COVID-19 as well. Uh, David Guetta did his best to get some people to dance over the weekend. He hosted hashtag United at Home NYC. It was a live stream dance party raising money for COVID-19. And he raised over $450,000. So that was pretty cool. And he did it um, with a lot of people in New York City. So that was something good that happened over the weekend. Uh, Viacom CBS is doing its part to let the African-American community know that they matter. Their platform. Platforms, CBS, BET, MTV, they're all going to go dark today for eight minutes and 46 seconds to mark the time in which George Floyd was brutally killed as a tribute to him and other victims of racism. They're also going to be joining Blackout Tuesday, which asks companies to not hold any meetings nor conduct, nor con nor have any business tomorrow. Um, so I don't know if, you, if you're a company that wants to join in that, but you can look up all the uh, all the details on Deadline. I know they have a lot about that today. And that is my Danielle report. All right, thank you. Hey, uh, Nate, I'm sending you, uh, I'm sending a number out to someone who's going to call you and she's got kids to get ready for school, but she's going to go on with us later if you can schedule. Uh, her name is Kim and she's fabulous. Uh, and I'm talking to her now. I love it how you can hear the background. You can hear what's going on behind the curtain. Um, Froggy. Yes. Uh, I, we haven't heard from you today. You've been so busy trying to keep us on the air and keep us rolling. I want to know how you're doing and what you're, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? I'm okay. I'm, uh, like I said, just, uh, trying to take everything in. There's so many layers to this. Uh, and I, I know that, uh, like Gandhi had said, it's, it's not a political issue. This is a human race issue. This is a human rights issue. And it's something that affects every single one of us. And I think that, you can get out and you can vote. You can do whatever you can to make change. But I believe a lot of this starts at home. And I believe that hate is something that is taught. And I know that firsthand that hate is something that is taught. I grew up in an area, um, and I'm not saying that all of North Carolina is this way. I'm saying that where I grew up in North Carolina, I know 
that hate is something that is taught because you can see children when they're young, children will play with other children because they're children. They don't know the difference. So we have to stop teaching this at home and be nice, be kind to people in public. And I don't mean pandering and catering to people just because the color of their skin. Treat everybody the same, whether you're in public, whether you're at home and teach love. That's how we can start making a change. I don't have the answer to how we get things to change politically. I don't Politically, we've never been, I mean, as long as I've been alive, there's always been a political issue. But being nice to each other is not something that comes from the left to the right. And so I just want people to be nicer to each other and be kind. And before you make that joke or before you say that thing, ask yourself, is this, is this something racist that I should not say to anybody, whether it's in your home or whether it's with your friends or no matter where it is, ask yourself, is this leading to somebody learning how to hate and instead teach somebody how to love? I think that is how we make a change. Love you, Froggy. Thank you very much. Let's take a break. Hey, the debate is on, by the way, phone tap or no phone tap. I was thinking, God, a phone tap. I don't know. Should we? Well, I tell you, I was speaking to one of my new friends, Dr. Williams, last night, and I tried to get her to come on the air, but she's not quite ready, and that's cool. But we had a great conversation last night, and I said, you know what, tomorrow's going to be a different type of show just for the day, and, and you know, we're not going to do the phone tap. And she says, what? Dr. Williams said, well, you're not doing the phone tap? I love the phone tap. I'm like, oh, well, okay. She also re- requested some Bob Marley. <laughs> she, what a great lady. She's awesome. All right, I tell you what. We're either going to play Bob Marley or a phone tap or both for Dr. Williams coming up after this. Oh, this is obnoxious. I love it. it. Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. We are honored and privileged to be able to come on the air today and do a different type of show. And I know you usually turn to us to get away from uh, things that make you uncomfortable today. We're talking about things you need to hear, the important things. And uh, we have a guest coming on in just a few minutes, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. He'll be on in less than 30 minutes. He has a book out called Can You Hear Me Now? There's another one, too. Wait, there's another book he has out. He has a lot of books. <laughs> this guy's full of books. <laughs> anyway, so our friend Charlemagne, the God, called and said, she, he said, Godfather, you got to have this guy on. He's a friend of mine. He's exactly what you need for your show. And I trust Charlemagne with my life. So, uh, and uh, Nate spent some time with him on the phone last night. So Dr. Michael Eric Dyson is on the way in like 20, 30 minutes. Please just keep listening. I think he's got something that we all need to hear. Uh, okay, the, the debate was on phone tap or no phone tap. And loudly you said, what are you, crazy? Play a phone tap. <laughs> so, so we thought our Uncle Johnny, one of our, because all of our phone taps are old, you know, we can't do new ones right now. We thought Uncle Johnny's phone tap, where he phone taps himself. <laughs> is so appropriate. So here we go. Today's phone tap. Don't answer the phone. Elvis, Elvis Duran, the Elvis Duran phone tap. Here we go. Garrett phone tapped Uncle Johnny. All right, set it up. What happened? All right, so we got an email from our listener, Christina, who told us her Uncle Craig has a great talent. He thinks he sounds like Uncle Johnny to the point where Craig has gone out to bars and people have been giving him free drinks because they think he's Uncle Johnny. Wow. So we decided to use Craig's talent and phone tap our very own Uncle Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Listen in. Hello, zero, 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 zero. Hey, Johnny, it's Garrett. I know. <laughs> I've just gotten several emails uh, about something that I thought you should know about. Yeah? There's this guy that uh, has been going around claiming to be Uncle Johnny. Get out. You, you know, he's causing some trouble. He got thrown out of a bar for getting into a fight with a guy. He's giving you a bad name around town. All right. He, sa- he said he's gone to the monster before. I mean, he's literally copying your life. 
Oh, God. This is just a bad look for us at the radio station. It certainly is, but I, I don't, I, we don't need any of this. I, 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 I mean, mean, I don't know. It's my reputation. He's, he's ruining it. I know. And the interesting part is, so I decided to call him. And he is telling me that he's Uncle Johnny. Like, you, you know, you know what? I'll put you on hold, and you can listen in. But I want you to hear what this guy sounds like. You know, he. he I have he, a stalker. Hold on. He doesn't know that I'm talking to you. So, hey, Uncle Johnny. I'm sorry. Elvis was a little busy. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Hello, lady. Uh, hey, what's going on? So you're telling me that uh, I should come out and have a drink with you? Yes. I, and, uh, you know, I want to get back into the studio and, uh, you know, I get some more cocktails to make. Maybe we could do it Monday. You could have me back and, uh, and we could make something. Uh, uh, hello. Uh, hello. Surprise. Hello. 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 Would you like to uh, like me to come with you? Uh, you, this is Uncle Johnny. Would you like me to come with you? No, no, this is Uncle Johnny. No, no, John. You're talking to the real one now. No, no, no. Hello. No, no, no. no, hello. Hey, well, anyways, you're not me, and I could tell. I could. I'm dying to see oh, you. Come on. Yes, I'll come meet on. you. Yeah, where do you want to meet? You and I could. You could come out and visit me at, uh, at Cherries on the Bay out on Fire Island. I, I, I set you up with a beautiful drink. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's completely uh, phony. He's copying everything I, I do. What are you, crazy? So I'll get you to come over to Fire Island. Are you cute? Ask Elvis what to do about this. I, I think that because uh, you can trace the call, if you can trace where the call is coming from. We've had him online long enough. And then, uh, and then we'll notify the police that because uh, it's ruining my reputation. And, and Hello? And I Hello? Can, tra- tra- trace him now. What are you crazy? Well, I, you're both talking. Ta- cops. This is a copyright infringement. I got a lot of money tied up in these T-shirts, you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. What are you bananas? T-shirts? I make a lot of yeah, money. But, he, he, Listen to this guy. He's trying to, he's trying to say he's Uncle Johnny. Yeah, yeah, he they, he doesn't even it. sound like him. It's uh, awful. Would I have a toupee like this on if I wasn't Uncle Johnny? You can tell it's a toupee, can't you? All are right. You crazy? Uh, <laughs> you cannot tell. Uncle Johnny, see what I'm talking about? Yes. Well, apparently we got to get in touch with the police or something. Well, I'm going to call the cops right now. I think you should. This is somebody. He's gone all over the town impersonating me, and they got kicked out oh of bars God. and things like this. And now it's, he's taken over my whole persona. What are you, bananas? Horrible. Oh, my God. I, know, I don't know what to do. We've got to get the police or something. We called some of the listeners that have met him, too, and they said that he even tried to sell them drugs. Now, this guy, listen, Hello. You, yes. buddy, oh, whoever, whoever you listen, you're ruining my reputation. You're really starting to aggravate me now. I don't want anybody selling drugs in my name or using my T-shirts or anything else. You shut up. Because if I see you, I'll break your head. You're not with me, buddy. Hello, lady. I'm telling you right now, it's over. It's over. What are you, a tough guy? I am a tough guy. I'm a hell of a lot tougher than you, baby. No, don't. I'm not even going to play this game with you. I, I'm not f-ing with you anymore. You're screwing up Elvis Duran's, uh, his reputation, the radio, and everybody around town. I will hunt you down, and I will have you arrested. And you're trying to perpetrate a fraud here. I am not trying to perpetrate anything. I'm going to perpetrate you. Pictures of me skinny dipping out in Palm Springs a couple of weeks ago. At, uh, was that Laguna? So you follow me on Twitter. What's the big deal. Oh, Anybody can do that. Oh, Listen. What are you talking about? You're the fraud here. All right. I want to meet you. I want to meet you now. I want to meet you, too. Where are How you? How am I going to know you? Tell me where to meet you this afternoon. Well, I... I Tell me where to meet you this afternoon, you idiot. I live right by Madison Square Garden. You know what? Yes, well, come over here, then. Madison Square Garden. I live in Madison Square Garden, so come on over. Come on. Come on. Okay. So, you want to come on? 
Yeah. Send a picture. You could see me on YouTube making a banana surprise. I put women on it. I'm going to smack you so hard your mother's going to feel it. Hey, Uncle Johnny. He's bananas. You got phone tapped. Get out. You're going, didn't I? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> who, who is who is my who's playing Uncle Johnny? Uh, that that's Craig. He actually has been getting free drinks at bars because people think he's Uncle Johnny. Get out! So, that was a phone tap. They phone tapped me. <laughs> well, you hey, listen, Uncle Johnny. You've been a very good sport. <laughs> and I'm saying, what the hell is this guy? Bananas? Elvis have an idea for a phone tap? Go to ElvisDuran.com. Click on the phone tap tab. Tell us what you want to do. This phone tap was pre-recorded with permission granted by all participants. The Elvis Duran phone tap only on Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. CVS Pharmacy delivers, and right now, to meet the needs of the current health situation, they're offering free one- to two-day delivery of prescriptions and other store essentials. Visit CVS.com or call your local CVS Pharmacy to get started. Restrictions apply. Hi. Oh, my God. I love you so much. You guys are awesome. I hear you every single morning. Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. I love all of you. Wow. This is amazing. I'm talking to Elvis Duran. See Elvis Duran. Oh, sorry. Elvis Duran in the morning show. So I'm sitting there minding my own business last night, and I get a text from Charlemagne the God. And he, you know, he calls me Godfather. He says, hey, Godfather, if you don't have my friend Michael on your show tomorrow, then you're stupid. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll do as you say. Because if, if Charlemagne says it, I usually do it. Dr. Yeah. Michael Eric Dyson is here. And when I announced that you were going to be here today, Michael, it, it really, you could feel you could feel the simmer come to a boil uh, in a good way. Uh, speaking of police violence on CBS this weekend, he said, and it's a moment of grief of profound national reckoning for reckoning, for, reckoning for black people in particular, but for all conscientious Americans, I hope he is known as the paid pest, <laughs> which yes. I love. <laughs> and you actually used a quote, Michael, that I love from Gore Vidal it says we live in the United States of amnesia when it comes to American history. We totally forget about what's happened. Please welcome to our show, uh, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. We'll call you Michael. Thanks for being here today. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. What do we do? What, what do we well, do? Well, taking off from that quote, and you know, in, in my book, uh, Tears We Cannot Stop a Sermon to White America, I talk about that quote from, from Gore Vidal because we do live in the United States of amnesia, which means we're addicted to forgetfulness. We'd rather forget it. I think the theme song is provided by Barbara Streisand. I know you young folk don't know who Barbara is, but uh, you, you're stuck on Taylor Swift. I ain't mad. Or Adele. I get it. But she said, what's too painful to remember, we simply choose to forget. So a lot of us would rather sweep it under the carpet, pretend it doesn't exist, and then move forward. So we got to reject our citizenship in the United States of amnesia and claim citizenship in the kingdom of memory, which means that we got to remember where we came from. You know, America is strange. On the one hand, you can't get enough of books on Abraham Lincoln or George Washington or the founding fathers or the founding mothers and brothers. But when it comes to talking about issues of race or gender or sexuality, hey, can't you folk get over it? So we got to have a little bit more balance there. I mean, look at what Lin, Lin Manuel Miranda did, right, with Hamilton. You can make it sexy. You can make it appealing. You can. It doesn't have to be dry, old, dusty history. But that history is critical. And if we don't know where we've come from, we don't know where we're going. Or as Santayana said, if you if you if you if you don't know what your history is, you're bound to repeat it. 
And we're doing the same thing now. People look at folk who are spilling over in the streets. Oh my God, don't those people see that they're destroying their communities? What communities? Many of them are living in places and spaces where they got food deserts. The grocery stores are not owned by them. The shops are not owned by them. They don't even own their own bodies. If you can be on the streets of Minnesota where a police person puts his knee into your neck and you are crying for everything holy, you even call on your mama because it is so devastating and that police person still doesn't hear you, you know we are in trouble as a nation. So we've got to own up to our racial past. We've got to own up to the persistence of white supremacy, social injustice, economic inequality to make this nation what it is meant to be. Even the creed is what? E pluribus unum, that's a Latin phrase. Out of many, one. That goes right up there with fascism, my nizzle from Snoop Dogg. Those are great cradles by which we live. <laughs> so the point is that you gotta figure out a way to get past the blockade of bigotry and the obstacles of resistance to embracing all brothers and sisters as our fellow citizens. Now, here I am, a bloated white guy with a show that's very successful, we do well. And we thought we would come in here every day and offer uh, a getaway for people who want, who want to turn off political talk and sure. negative talk and too much music. And we come on the air and we have fun, we tell fart jokes and you know, whatever. Right. Uh, but in doing so, we've, we, we also gave people a way to get away from the important issues. And this is, this is how I had my ass slapped this weekend on, on Instagram. They're saying, Elvis, you got, you got to use your platform. I'm like, I want to use my platform. We have over you know, 10 million people a week listening. Right. And I walked in this morning with notes. I was ready to go. I would have made you proud with all this stuff I wrote. You, I, I'll give it to you. You can write a book with it. And, <laughs> and I, just, I, just, I just, I'm tired of talking. I want to listen. I want, I want people right. to learn. And right. from the white man's perspective, you know, I, 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 we want to do better. We, we, we right. want to do the right things, but we, it's okay for us to ask for help, right? Absolutely. Look, there's no question about it. You know, uh, and I understand, you know, I teach at Georgetown. I got young black students who say, look, we're tired. We're fatigued. We're not here to teach other white students what to do and how to be. And so I was with them one day in class. And most of my classes, of course, are white folk. And I said, yeah, I know what you mean. Man, I'm tired of having this. I said, oh, no, no, wait a minute. That's my job. Oh, I forgot. No, I'm the professor. <laughs> yeah, it is my job to teach. Okay. Oh, white kids want to know? Oh, yeah, I get paid to tell you what it is. So the reality is, is that, yes, you know, Malcolm X in that famous scene, and I'm sure you've seen the, the, the monumental epic film by Spike Lee, when the young white woman comes up to him and says, what can I do? She followed him to New York. She heard him in Boston. Oh, my God, he blew her mind. She wants to figure out the right thing to do. And she said, what can I do? And he said, nothing. And it was devastating. Now, he grew to regret that. But I believe that if folk really want to know, we got to share with them. That's why I wrote the book, Tears We Cannot Stop, a sermon to white America, because I believe we got to talk about tough issues. Now, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Like you said, when you're used to having a certain position, when you hear buzzwords like white privilege, no, I'm not. I don't have white privilege. I'm just as poor. I struggle every day. I get up and go to work. My God, Jiminy Cricket, what are you talking about? Well, this is what we mean. Even if you're not rich, if you live in an American society that won't judge you automatically because of the color of your skin, if you meet a police person on the street and you live to tell about it, that's a form of privilege that even a guy like me with a PhD from Princeton, who's been accosted by the police more times than I can tell you, who's been called bad words by the cops more than I can tell you, is subject to. I study too. 
I did the right thing too. I worked hard too. I went to school too. I got a PhD too. I'm an ordained Baptist minister for 41 years too. It doesn't make a difference. Some people judge me regardless of what I have attained. So we've got to talk about this honestly in America. And many white brothers and sisters are not talked to think about themselves as a race. When, when many white people hear race, they go, oh, black or brown or Asian. No, white folk have a race too. It's like men when we hear gender. Oh, we must be talking about women. No, fool, you got a gender too. And obviously a lot of times it's toxic, toxic masculinity. Men don't think about it. We have gender too. So when many white brothers and sisters hear race, they run away. Oh my God, it's going to be a finger pointing. No, in my classes, I say, we got to come to grips with what this nation has been. We have to be open. We have to be honest. And if we want to learn anything, it's going to be difficult. You can't learn algebra or calculus without going through some tough times. And so if we're going to learn about race in America, we have to be informed. A lot of people pop off at the mouth and have no idea what they're talking about. They don't know what affirmative action is when it began. They don't know what the civil rights struggle has been. They quote Martin Luther King Jr., but they haven't read all of his books. They don't understand what his deeper significance is. So we've got to bone up on the most serious issues of racial difference in America to make sure that white brothers and sisters and others who live together must understand what it means. I can imagine, look, I was at Princeton once, a British white man who was uh, the, the master of the college. They have five divisions at Princeton of undergraduate living, and they called them masters. I was an assistant master. You know I was getting off on that. Well, yeah, the assistant master <laughs> is here. Uh, and so <laughs> assistant master Mike Dyson, baby, I done made it, mama. Live moving on up to the east side of a man. <laughs> so the thing is, is that one day I'm with the master, the white guy, very smart British uh, physicist who taught at Princeton, and the police stop him, and he's giving them the what for? Mother blank, 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 gone. And I'm ducking. Oh, my God, they're going to kill this man. And then I said, no, they're not, because he's got the right skin for protection in this situation. Or the, uh, about two years ago, I'm here in, um, in Washington, D.C. at Ben's Chili Bowl out at 4.30 in the morning. I do sociological research for bacchanalia at clubs. So here I was out one night at 4.30, and this young white kid is cussing the police out. You son of a blank, 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 and going on. And I said, oh, my God, they're going to hurt this kid. And then the policeman picks up the phone, calls a cab and says, son, you need to go home. That's what we're talking about. We're just asking for common courtesy and decency that you extend to anybody. That if you put your foot on somebody's neck and you're a police person and they say, I can't breathe, you take it off. Why, don't, why didn't he take it off? A, he thought he could get away with it. B, because he did not see this as a fellow human being. The dehumanizing impulse that we have often embraced in this country for somebody who's different. And it's being amplified, let's tell the truth, in Washington, D.C., by a guy who has no idea about what he's doing with his rhetoric. And when he does have an idea about what he's doing, he's stirring it up. That's not your job as president. You're supposed to bring us together. You're supposed to make us understand what we have in common. Not trying to beat up on people. When, when there's looting, there's shooting. That's a white racist stuff from 1967 in Miami that he is reviving for now. So my point is that when we tell the truth, when we're honest with each other, when white brothers and sisters genuinely want to know what to do and are willing to listen to all of us as we share our experiences and our understanding of the problem and situation, and by the way, there are many white people 
who have written brilliantly and insightfully about these issues, then we will have the possibility of a better country. But if you're just turning us on, well, you've missed a lot already. Uh, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson is here. And even though he has a, a, his latest book is out called Can You Hear Me Now? The Inspiration, Wisdom, and Insight of Michael Eric Dyson. Uh, there's a book he's referring to over and over called Tears uh, We Cannot Stop, yeah. which is basically coming from a very, very, very fun <laughs> professor <laughs> who happens to be black, or he's a black man who happens to be a professor. Which one would you rather be? <laughs> I'm a brother first. I came here as a brother. I, I can't okay, wait. I'll, right. I'll take it all, bro. I'll take it all. Y'all take it all. Look, I came here as a brother. That's what I was first, but then I became a professor. And even when I was a kid in Detroit, in the hood, they say, that's a smart little boy. He, he going to be a professor. They were prophetic. And here I am. I wish they had said he's going <laughs> to be were. a billionaire. <laughs> hey, you know what? Even though the question may not uh, may not be uh, in the same, seems like it's in the same lane where we're going. It it does sort of answer some questions. Tell everyone, Michael, what you do for a living. I think what you, well, how you how you tell us how, what you do for a living really makes a lot of sense here. Yes, sir. Well, look, uh, as I said, I've been a minister now for forty one years. Uh, I'm a college professor. I didn't start start college until I was twenty one. I was a teen father. Right. I went, I got a big scholarship out to a nice suburban white school. I'd never gone to school with white folk ever in my life. And here I am in school with Steven Spielberg's brother and one of the top 10 richest men in America. And in the, in the classes of I'm like, man, it just was mind blowing. Got kicked out of that school, went back and graduated from night school. I don't even know if they have that now. Got my my GED diploma and then, um, uh, you know, got a woman pregnant and married her. I ain't said it was a shotgun wedding, but a revolver was in the room. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, got married, got divorced, 21 years old. I got a son. I, I got to do something better. I got to provide him a better life. So I went to Knoxville College, a historically black college down in Knoxville, Tennessee, studied there, transferred to a Southern Baptist school, a white school called Carson Newman, got a bachelor's degree, then went on to Princeton to get a master's and PhD in religion, philosophy, and ethics. And I've been teaching ever since uh, at Hartford Seminary in 88. Uh, Chicago Theological Seminary, 89, 92. I went to Brown and taught for two years. Then the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill for three. Um, then I went to Columbia University for two years, to DePaul for three. Then University of Pennsylvania for five. And now I've been at Georgetown uh, for 13 years. So I've been trying to raise the consciousness, uh, spark the interest of young people. And I teach a lot of hip hop music. I teach a class on Jay-Z. Um, and I, and I talked to them. They say, who is this old man coming in here? I said, when the rim is in the system, ain't no telling. Will I love him? Will I diss him? That's what they be yelling. I'm a by blood, not relay shown. Y'all still chase something. Yeah, I got lyrics. I can drop <laughs> serious lyrics, but can you get on my side? Can you understand what I'm talking about? So I've been trying to bridge the gulf between older and younger, between white and black and brown and red and yellow in this country, trying to forge connections, make people think, make them uncomfortable. I make young white people uncomfortable because I'm trying to challenge some of the beliefs that they have inherited. I make young people of color un uncomfortable sometimes because I'm trying to can't I'm trying to challenge cancel culture. I'm trying to make us think seriously and in and over the long haul about who we are as America. And so when they're writing my classes up, they say, boy, it's a lot of smart stuff going on. But why is he talking about Jay-Z and Kendrick Lamar and Beyonce? And not talking about James Joyce. I can talk about James Joyce, too. I can talk about Grey's Elegy in a courtyard. Full many a gem of purest race serene. The dark unfathomed <laughs> caves of ocean bare. Full many a flowers born to blush unseen and waste of sweetness on the desert air. Then I can talk about Snoop falling back on that act with the hell of five gangster <laughs> <laughs> 
getting funky on a mic like an old batch of collard greens. That's what we do. That's what I do. You know what? Uh, Gandhi has a question for you, but before before we go to her very important question, you say you love making people uncomfortable. I gotta, I don't be mad when I tell you this. You're making me very comfortable today, and I'm just, I just gotta say it. Oh my Gandhi, God, I th- gotta go. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're, very you're, good. You're obviously you're kind of failing today. Obviously, hey, uh, having having you here is awesome. Gandhi, go right ahead. Okay, so obviously processing all of this, everybody's in a different place in their processing of it. So for the people who are saying, yes, I understand this, I see that there's racism and there needs to be a change, what's the next step from here? After you understand it and you accept it, what do you do then to take action? That's a great question. You got to put it into action. You got you to challenge yourself. At the end of my book, and I hate to be self-promoting here, but at the end of Tears <laughs> We Cannot Stop, I have an entire chapter of stuff that white brothers and sisters can do. You know, attend protests. We see that's going on now, but okay, you know, just don't be uh, messing up stuff with the black people who are left behind, and then we go to jail, exactly. and then you yeah. said I was down there with the black people. Let's be a little bit more balanced there. Right. I talk about reading. I talk about being self-critical. I talk about individual reparations accounts, IRAs. You ain't got to wait for the government to tell you as uh, white people who have uh, of means to do something. And I get so many letters from white people saying, man, I read that chapter and now I bought 20 computers for black kids in the local school who don't have it. Right. You can be creative about how to address it. The government cannot and will not do everything. We need systematic and social and structural change. But the everyday thing that people can do, change your mind, change your heart, change your outlook challenge yourself, go to a black church. If you just go to white churches and be uncomfortable, imagine how black people feel when they go to white spaces all the time, go somewhere where you are not the majority and understand what that means. Get a visceral sense of what it means to be the other and then understand as Americans, what we are doing to try to bridge those gaps and come together. So now that you know it, you got to show it, you got to embody it, and you got to change your mind. And when you change your mind, you change your practice. As the great Clinton, not Bill, but George Clinton said, free your mind and your behind will follow. There you go. <laughs> By the All way, right. Michael, I know you've got a very busy schedule today because yes, uh, this, is your, this is your Super Bowl, man, because you are so needed and so welcome. Bless Before you. you leave, though, mm-hmm. uh, wh- what do you tell people who are white, kids, what it's like to be black from your perspective. Right. I I tell them that if you imagine uh, doing everything you're supposed to do, working as hard as you can, and it still makes no difference, that no matter who you are, that some people refuse to acknowledge your humanity. And you got to work extra hard just to get the ordinary stuff. Should the killers of Ahmad Arbery, Ahmad Arbery down in Georgia, run free for a month before they're even taken into to, 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 to jail, into custody? Um, no. Of course not. But so often, Black people are made to be grateful for things that should be a floor, and we treat them like a ceiling. This is the mountaintop. You've arrived. We arrested the person who murdered you. You should do that, right? We, we, you know, don't call the police on me when I go to Starbucks. People follow me around and saying, he can't afford that. Okay, that part may be true, but you don't know that. You don't know that I can afford it or not. I painted my green card, American Express, black last night. God darn it, I got a black card right now. Well, the point is that we've got to be able to do that. CNN is calling me now, so they're they're trying to get me on. But look, have me back on. I want to hang out with y'all. 
Aww. Michael, thank you so much. Have the have the best day ever. We'll we'll, we'll remind everyone who you are and everything as, as you head over to CNN. Wait, don't tell them where you're going. They're going to leave us and go to CNN. Don't do that. <laughs> no, no. no. Stay audience. right here. This is the mayor. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Michael, thank Take you so care, much. Now. Have a beautiful right. day today, okay? Thank Take care. You. Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. That's Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. He has many books and, of course, many resources uh, from him online. Uh, and, by the way, he was in our Zoom room. We recorded it, and we will be posting that as well. Uh, thank you so much for listening today. It's a very special, special day. We have three things from Gandhi. Let's get into those three things right now. Gandhi, what is going on? All right. I think we all know what's going on. We've seen a lot of it this weekend. America was on fire and troops have arrived following unruly demonstrations all weekend in just about every major metro area in the country. There were protests to mark the murder of George Floyd, which took place a week ago today. The vast majority of the demonstrations were peaceful. There were some hot zones that resulted in the National Guard being called out. At press time, military boots were on the ground in 15 states and in Washington, D.C. At least 25 cities were under curfew. And there's a lot of debate as to who the violent agitators are. Numerous city officials say the worst offenders were from outside the city or state where the worst riots and lootings have occurred. The attorney general for the family of George Floyd says that he's unclear. I'm sorry, not the attorney general. The attorney for the family of George Floyd says that he's unclear why the police officer accused of his murder isn't facing more severe charges, saying that there was intent because he refused to get off George Floyd once he became unresponsive. The former officer is facing third degree murder and second degree manslaughter charges. Folks are also baffled that the other three officers at the scene are not facing charges right now. And as multiple reports also roll in about the press getting injured while covering protests, Governor Tim Waltz is unhappy and wants to change that as well. On Sunday, he apologized and took responsibility for some press members being injured, even though it's not his fault in particular. He is saying the Minnesota Department of Public Safety wants journalists to know, please wear credentials. If you have anything to do with the press, make sure those credentials are seen from four feet away because it's hard to tell who's who. And lots of people are getting wrapped up in everything that's going on right now. And those are your three things. Thank you, Gandhi. Danielle, I've got to go to you. It's a burning question of the day. Is Kylie Jenner, a, is she a billionaire again? Uh, no, she's not a billionaire. Me. As of right now, she's still not worth as much as she thought. Oh, my gosh. How is she right. going to make on that? <laughs> yeah, she's like she's only worth know. like 400 million, yeah. something like that. Keep an I eye on that because that, that, yeah. is, that is the important issue of the day. That... <laughs> uh, we need to take a break. Let's let this cool off because it's scorching. It's great. It's awesome. We'll be back right after this. Norton 360 with LifeLock provides an all-in-one protection. No one can prevent all cybercrime and identity theft, but Norton 360 with LifeLock is a powerful ally for your cyber safety. Save 25% off with your first year at Norton.com slash Elvis. This is Elvis Duran and the Morning Show. Imagine a world where the only fires we have aren't burning down buildings and police cruisers, but they're... Uh, well, on Danielle's stove, boiling some pasta or <laughs> in a fireplace. The, the only fires we need, maybe burning the occasional joint here and there. Imagine a world where uh, the only gun shooting is actually those Nerf guns that Gandhi and her boyfriend are using on each other. Imagine that. Yes. Imagine yeah. a world where the only time you see a man holding down another man on the ground, it's on a football field and it's, it's called a tackle. You know, it's on yeah. Monday night football. Those, that's the world we're looking for. Look, um, this show has enjoyed tremendous success. Uh, we designed it to be a place where listeners could go for 20 minutes or an hour to get away from the negative and to forget about the traffic and the bad boss and the chemotherapy and the politics. 
But now we've learned of late that uh, it's become the show to go to to get away from what's important. And that's where I feel like I have failed. I have failed you. And I just want you to have a detour around the fact that I wanted, I wanted you to have a detour around the fact that George Floyd was murdered by a cop. A black man was murdered by a cop in Minneapolis. I, 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 he murdered by a man who, was, who swore to protect him. I, I, and I, I thought that's what I needed to do. Uh, then we look back at all the murders that we've reported, and we're like, oh, oh no, another, another black person's died, and it makes us very sad, and then we move on. It's like cancer. You know, it's something we all grew up hearing about, and, and uh, heart attacks, it's, you know, racism. These are racism, cancer, heart attacks. Three things we all just grew up hearing. They made us sad. We appreciated the fact that they were not right and not good, but then we just picked up and carried on. Uh, but as far as cancer and heart attacks go, we can flatten those curves with exercise and better eating and healthier lifestyle. Um, I wish I could go to the doctor and say, hey, I, I'm a racist. Can you, and it's in my brain, can you bypass the racism in my heart? How about that? Bypass the, the racism in my, in my heart, or can you find a way in my brain to just, you know, move around the racism? You know, it'd be nice if doctors could put a flattening on that curve as well. So anyway, here we are today doing a very special show, and we've uh, been watching the text messages. Uh, they're saying a lot of things. One thing, well, many things uh, we're hearing from people is they don't like this. It makes them uncomfortable. They want to be entertained today. And I just could not wake up. None of us on this show could wake up and not do this show today. What do you want us to do? Right. You know, I don't even know why I'm saying anything because the people who don't like it are probably not listening anyway. Right. Uh, but here we are. What else are you seeing on the text messages today, Straight Nate? We've seen, I've seen a lot of things, uh, you know, coming in on the text messages, a lot of emotions. One of the things that I've been seeing predominantly, though, is not understanding why people are causing property damage and, and, and there's been violence. They're, that's one thing that people are very concerned about. They've, they know that the message needs to get out there. They just don't appreciate the fact that some people are taking it to that level that is violent and damaging. And I think that's a, that's a huge point a lot of people are making this morning on, on text and on phone calls. I was reading the news this morning here in New York, the New York Post. They're talking about how in Soho, just a few blocks away from our, our studios, uh, there was a lot of looting going on. But you know what? They weren't out there making a social message. They were in there. They were at the Gucci store. Okay. They were right. at the Fendi store. Yeah. They were they were they went shopping. Is what I they saw that doing. on Saturday night on Rodeo Drive. They cleaned out the Alexander McQueen store, and I'm like, that, that that that's not sending a message. That that's not social justice. That's a crime. Well, you're gonna have, so now what this means is you're gonna have a lot of 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 bad people wearing really great clothing. Uh, that's really <laughs> <laughs> and these are these are businesses, and you know, Gucci aside, there are so many mom and pop businesses that are being destroyed. Did you see the story about the, the elderly couple that has, yes. a, they have a yeah. business up in Rochester and they were beaten by some thugs. They're yeah. like, they're, they're just Terrible. trying to make a living, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I saw the guy in Dallas I who think- tried to, who tried to save his own business and, and they beat him almost to death. He was laying in the road unconscious. He did not die. I read he did not die, but that's just another one. He was trying to protect what he had and all he had was his business. What's that Gandhi? Uh, the people who are doing this, personally, it's making me insane because it's really detracting from the original message of what needs to be heard and what is going on and the action that needs to be taken to get it done. And just 
like everybody says nobody hates a bad cop like a good cop, I think nobody hates the looters like a good peaceful protester who's trying to get a message across and it's not helping the community it's not helping anybody there's nothing that's being helped by destroying this kind of stuff if the problem is we haven't been heard we have people's attention now and now is the time to not do those things not go shopping because it's an opportunity at a moment where the world is crying reading your twitter i just heard michael dyson on Elvis Duran's show, as I listened to what he had to say, I ordered a copy of his book, Tears We Cannot Stop, A Sermon to White America. He talked about uh, constructive things that I, as a white person, can do, and I, w- I want to do these things. I want to help. Thank you, Allie, for sending me that tweet. And look at that. We just sold another book for Michael. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Good. Hey, uh, to the point of uh, peaceful protesting turning into something they shouldn't turn into, uh, Killer Mike. An excellent uh, artist from Atlanta. Also, he has that show on Netflix called Trigger Warning. Uh, he was actually invited to speak at a, the mayor's press conference. And he talked about how much he loves the city of Atlanta. And if you live in Atlanta, you know what he's about to say. But if you don't, he could be talking about your love you have for your city and how it's crushing you to see what's going on. Here is, uh, we're not going to play the whole thing. It's very long, but I want to I play some of this. I want you to hear his passion. This is Killer Mike from Atlanta. I didn't want to come, and I don't want to be here. I'm the son of an Atlanta City police officer. Uh-huh. <clears throat> My cousin is an Atlanta City police officer. And my other cousin, East Point, police officer. And I got a lot of love and respect for police officers, down to the original eight police officers in Atlanta that even after becoming police had to dress in a YMCA because white officers didn't want to get dressed with And here we are 80 years later. I watched a white officer assassinate a black man. And I know that tore your heart out. And I know it's crippling. And I have nothing positive to say in this moment because I don't want to be here. But I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, People like my aunts and uncles who are members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love, who we just lost last year. So I'm duty-bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable, chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were, and we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck 
for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw. And we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better right now. We don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. And as I sit here in Georgia, Homer Stevens, Georgia, former vice president of the Confederacy, white man said that law, fundamental law stated that whites were naturally the superior race and the Confederacy was built on a cornerstone. It's called a cornerstone speech. Look it up. The cornerstone speech that blacks would always be subordinate. That officer believed that speech because he killed that man like an animal. In this city, officers have done horrendous things and they have been prosecuted. This city's cut different. In this city, you can find over 50 restaurants owned by black women. I didn't say minority and I didn't say women of color. So after you burn down your own home, what do you have left but char and ash? CNN, Ted did a great thing. I love CNN, I love Cartoon Network, but I'd like to say to CNN right now, karma's a mother. Stop feeding fear and anger every day. Stop making people feel so fearful, give them hope. I'm glad they only took down a sign and defaced a building and they're not killing human beings like that policeman did. I'm glad that they only destroyed some brick and mortar and they didn't rip a father from a son. They didn't rip a, fa a son from a mother like the policeman did. When a man yells for his mother in duress and pain and she's dead, he is essentially yelling, please, God, don't let it happen to me. And we watch that. So my question for us on the other side of this camera is after it burns, will we be left with charred or will we rise like a phoenix out of the ashes that Atlanta has always done? Will we use this as a moment to say that we will not do what other cities have done and in fact we will get better than we've been? We got good enough to destroy cash bonds. You don't have to worry about going to jail for some petty. We got smart enough to decriminalize marijuana. How smart are we going to be in the next 15 or 20 years to keep us ahead of this curve? So that much like when South Africa suffered apartheid, you had Andy and other politicians that could make sure that Atlanta said, Coca-Cola, we love you. But if you don't pull out of South Africa, we're going to leave. We're not going to drink Coca-Cola anymore. Coca-Cola jumped on their side and apartheid ended. So we have an opportunity now because I'm mad. I don't have any good advice. But what I can tell you is that if you sit in your homes tonight, instead of burning your home to the ground, you will have time to properly plot, plan, strategize, and organize and mobilize in an effective way. And two of the most effective ways is first taking your butt to the computer and making sure you fill out your census so that people know who you are and where you are. The next thing is making sure you exercise your political bully power and going to local elections and beating up the politicians that you don't like. You got a prosecutor sent your partner to jail and you know it was Put a new prosecutor in there. Now's your election to do it. You want a different senator that's more progressive that promotes marijuana through? Now is the time to do that. But it is not time to burn down your own home. And there you go. Killer Mike. 
here's, here's the thing about that. Listen to how proud he is of, of his city. And he even, he even gives props to his city. Atlanta is, is a different city. I lived there for about a year, and I, I learned a lot about that. I wish I could have stayed longer, but they fired me. But that's another story. <laughs> uh, he talks about how, you know, Coca-Cola is uh, – Coca-Cola, by the way, owns Atlanta. And so people went to the, the, the company. And by the way, when I lived there, if you, if you were caught drinking a Pepsi, they would take you to jail. I swear to you. <laughs> Coca-Cola owns Atlanta. And they said, Coca-Cola, if you don't pull out of, of, of Africa, South Africa, where there's a lot of racial tension, a lot of racial problems and killing, then we, we're not going to support you anymore. And they did it. You know, that's, that, those are the big changes. Those are like big boy changes, the stuff that we wish we could all do. So we've got to make those big changes in our own speed, at our own rate, and at the way we can do it. Thank you, Killer Mike. And hey, Garrett, thanks for pulling that sound and uh, editing out uh, the, we had to edit because it's the FCC listening. So thank you for doing that. Not a problem. And if you get a chance, does, please go watch the full thing. Uh, does anyone here want to talk about what uh, Killer Mike just talked about? Are we, are we cool? Yeah. Uh, gone to Can your you hear me? Off. Can yeah. you hear me now? Okay. Yes. Um, I love Killer Mike. When I saw what he said, I felt like, wow, that's exactly what I'm trying to get across. That's exactly the message I'm trying to say. And sometimes it feels so good just to hear it come from another person, especially somebody who's so respected in that community. And I think he's saying exactly what a lot of people are feeling right now. I like that. Right. Let's uh, get into sound with Garrett. He's got a lot of stuff today. Garrett, where yes. do you want to start? What do you have? Uh, you want to start with the Cuomos? Uh, they 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 had a lot to say over the weekend. Uh, you want to start? Give with me the governor? one. G- give me a give me one Cuomo. Give me your favorite Cuomo. <laughs> uh, let's start with uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, he was speaking about the fact that nothing has changed about racism over the last thirty years. Seen this from Rodney King forward. I mean, I was there for Amadou Diallo. Uh, I was there for Abner Louima, and then you have Eric Garner. And then you have George Floyd. It's the same case. Just change a couple of facts. It's the same exact situation. It's been 30 years since Rodney King. Amadou Diallo in New York, the reporter won a Pulitzer Prize for the reporting. Wow, great job by journalists. Great job showing the injustice. And what happened? What was the resolution? Where was the progress? Eric Garner? No, I'm with the protesters. Thank you very much. And that was from his press conference on uh, Saturday. Okay, Uh, good. And then uh, do you want to do his brother or we, we, we should nah, move on? Nah, we'll, we'll do you him in the bonus hour. You got okay, it. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about SpaceX. Uh, it, it got up off yes. the ground over the weekend. <laughs> and uh, we have – I'm pretty sure Froggy got to see it. Uh, we got to uh, hear what it sounded like when they took off. Three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff of the Falcon 9 and Crew Dragon. Go NASA. Go SpaceX. Godspeed, Bob and Doug. Wow. America. Don't you wish you were on that rocket with them? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Take me with you. That God. was my favorite meme of the whole weekend. Is that those two right. astronauts that left Earth today, they had a good idea. <laughs> so, Froggy, you, you, went down, you went down to the bridge and watched the whole thing. How was that experience for you? And were you socially distancing and being a good boy? 
we were not socially distancing. Everybody was standing on the bridge because there were so many people trying to fit on the bridge watching it. But we were all looking on the horizon. And then all of a sudden, somebody's like, no, 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 look above us because the earth is obviously round. The earth is not flat. I know some people think it is. The earth is round. And so it started going. It was more at that point above us more than it was out in the horizon. But you could just see the little rocket plume going in the sky. It was really, really super cool. And it was cool on Saturday after everything that had happened on Friday night. It was cool on Saturday for there to be a moment of people coming together and being happy for a few minutes watching this. I love that. Well, was I the only one who was sitting here as they were launching going, please? Do not go wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, we couldn't. The entire we, no, time. We can't. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel Seriously. like the whole way the whole year has been going, I now expect everything to go wrong. So I was watching it with like my eyes half covered. Like I would watch a scary movie. Like, please, 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 please. Okay. Hey, Danielle, what Gandhi just said. Is that, do you feel that sometimes too? Like you feel like everything's going to go wrong? Oh, this year? Oh, yeah. This is like <laughs> this is the year that like whatever anyone tries, it's just that's it. Right? <laughs> so no, like, no, but you know what? But don't you? Okay, let me ask you a question, and Danielle, for obvious yeah. reasons, losing your father, uh, you you could quickly answer this, but I had to stop and think. I remember us saying, "God, I can't wait till." 2019 is over. This year sucks. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, wait a minute. The 2019 was a gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The end, I had a great year up until around uh, the middle of October of last year. And then crap hit the bed and it hasn't really gotten better. So there you go. Yesterday, yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, I can honestly say I almost died twice last year. This year has been worse than last year. <laughs> It's true. Seriously. I spent over a month in the hospital last year, almost died twice. This year is still worse than last year. Wait, wait. And <laughs> Nate, Nate, oh, Nate. My, my, my son Preston and I are so afraid that something's still going to happen to Nate because how crappy this year has been. In our prayers every night, we oh, still say, Danielle. please take care of Nate every so night. We all pray for Nate. <laughs> but you know what? But I tell you, but watching watching SpaceX in the launch, it was just God. This is great. Just for a moment, it's awesome. Yeah. But can you imagine? You know, when, when they arrived at the uh, the space station, can you imagine being in there and you hear this? Hello, someone's yeah. at the door. <laughs> hey, company. Be quiet. I don't want them to know we're home. I don't know who they are. We're expecting right. the lights. Anyway, uh, yeah, is this trick or treat? What is going on? Uh, back to sound with Garrett. Yes, Garrett. Uh, that, that, that's it right now. That's all I got for you. Oh, no. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Garrett. What are you having for breakfast with the kids today? Oh, uh, it's, it's just going to be bagels. It's, it's been a long weekend, so just bagels. Sorry. Bagels are good. I know, but I have, to just, bagels. I have to justify it to a four-year-old and a two-year-old. They're like, we've been, getting, we've been getting fed well for the last, like, 70 days, and you're giving us just bagels? So There you go. Yep. I'm sure they'll love them. Thank you, Garrett. You're a good American. Thank you. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be back after this. Yeah, there's a bonus if you call 1-800-242-0100. Straight Nate's going to flirt with you. Oh. Hey, uh, Nate, I just noticed that Bonnie was on hold 30 minutes ago. Is I, she still on hold? No, I'm going to call her back later when we have a little bit more time. Okay, let me know. I'm sorry. It, it's, All good. You know. All good. It's been a hey, very full uh, day. Yeah, no, the day's not over. Day's not over. We've lost a lot of listeners today, guys. <laughs> we got work to do. Did we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it happens. Good. I mean, I know You're I've not- been kind of vocal about things and I know I've lost Instagram followers and I think that's just part of part of what speaking your mind comes with. It is what it is. Yeah. You know, so so I got to think about it this way. It's either we either we, you know, keep it simple and keep it easy and more people will be okay and not offended or we can actually come in here and do what our conscience told us we had to do today. And you know, here's my question and I can't ask anyone because they've turned us off. My question would be, <laughs> okay, you, you have your own reason for not wanting to hear our show today. What is that? Like if I was like, Oh, I want to turn this off. I would need to say, well, wait a minute. Why do I need to turn it off? Let's explore that. <laughs> What's going on there. You know, I just, Me too. You know, maybe people just, people do need a little relief from the news. You know what? And uh, what Killer Mike was saying about CNN, let me tell you, they, you know, they're really great. And Fox News too. They're both really great at finding the stories that are going to make you gonna make you go, oh my God. But it's story after story after story after story of, oh my God. And then after a while, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> this is, this is too much. So maybe people are expecting and needing for us to come in here today and just play nice and play safe and be nice and fair on the playground. And uh, we can't do that today. Yeah, Gandhi, what do you think? I think we've been seeing on the TV a lot of the rioting and the destruction and all the bad stuff that's going on. I think we need to see a lot more of, which I have been seeing and I'm seeking it out, of police and protesters coming together and having beautiful moments. Of police marching with them, of the guy in Flint who said, let's turn this into a parade. Let's not make it a riot. Cops taking a knee with them. Like There are a lot of those beautiful moments. Protesters protecting a police officer who got separated from everybody. There are those moments and I wish we could see that and focus on that more than the bad stuff that's going on yeah that doesn't get the ratings like yeah. the, when when they when right. they show the the rioting and the looting and, and the buildings burning that's what they want to show versus there are peaceful protests going on oh. and I, I know here in jacksonville we had a peaceful protest on saturday night it started out there were no problems whatsoever as the peaceful protest started ending a few of them hung around and then it turned violent and that's not what it was about it was peaceful right it the peaceful was. protests are the thing. ones that are beautiful and the ones that, they like, are. to me, like, that's the ones I want to listen to. And that's the ones that are getting my attention because I'm like, wow, look at the message that they're sending. This is such a positive message and they want to be heard. Like the, the other negative stuff, I'm sorry, but I'm turning that off. I don't want to see you doing that nasty stuff. I'm sorry. That's, that's I'm I, not going to listen to that. I need to assume, Danielle, Gandhi, Froggy, Scary straight Nate, everyone that uh when you see violence erupting it's either a from the boiling point hit and, and there's rage and you're just sick and tired of this whole thing but also some of this you know some of this is going on conveniently in front of the apple store <laughs> yeah the i know Gucci. exactly you know? <laughs> yes like, um, louis vuitton and, you know, down, what are you doing with that <laughs> yeah in 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 soho just above uh, our studios in downtown manhattan it, you know, it happened right there at the Nike store. And I thought that was oh, very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, please, please, let's be safe. And let's appreciate the fact that, you know, there are some, there are many, there are many peaceful protests out there. And I, I would love yeah. to see CNN and Fox News. All I would love to see them turn those cameras on. Hey, yes. something weird Saturday night while uh, the Fairfax area of uh, Los Angeles was, oh, it was out of control. Uh, they, I mean, I think like 11 cop cars at once were all on fire, like within a two block radius. It was insane. 
And I looked standing on one of the cop cars. Standing up on the cop car was Youngblood. Did you see him? Right. I, yeah. You texted me and you were like, I think Youngblood is on a cop car right now. I think he took his mask off. That's him. I was like, what? I know. I did. And then we checked his social media feed and he was there. Yeah. Sure enough, there's Youngblood yeah. standing on a cop car. Hey, uh, Nate, I got to go to you for a second. Nate is uh, taking calls and talking to people. And, you know, he's actually helped redirect the show into uh, into the direction where callers are asking to go. And what's another thing you're seeing and hearing a lot of? One of the things I'm seeing is that the message that not all cops are bad. I think this is really kind of right. boiling into, you know, you know, us versus the cops. And it's not that way. The vast majority, in my opinion, and a lot of the callers is that a lot of these cops have taken oaths to protect to serve and protect, not to discriminate and not to harass and not to uh, take advantage of the power that they have. And I, I really feel like that needs to be made. That point needs to be made is that I've had I've t- talked to a lot of moms this morning that they're worried for their sons and their daughters that are out there just trying to protect people and keep them safe. And I think that may be getting lost. I know we have a lot of police officers that listen to the show and that they're fans and they're doing the right thing. I think there's a lot of great police officers out there and unfortunately some of those ones like last week that just ruin it for all of them and it makes their jobs so much harder right uh brody's reminding us that many officers have taken to tiktok to say that they are outraged as well by bad cops Mm -hmm. and uh they love serving they love protecting you know uh you know i know this this meme has been out over and over but it's bad cops are bad for good cops and it's just such an easy concept yes frog that's exactly what I was going to say, is that the fact that a, a, a good police officer hates nothing more than a bad police officer because he gives them a bad name. And so it's not all police officers act this way. This one guy and the other three guys who stood by and did nothing while he was doing this, they are all accountable. And so those guys do not represent all police officers across the United States. Right. Hey, you know, uh, let me be a good gay for just a second. Uh, this is the beginning of Pride Month. It's June, you know, and our Pride Parade's gone. You know, all, all the AIDS Walk New York gone. And, you know, we're, we're trying to come up with a virtual um, replacements, which is not the same. But we'll, we'll do our best. I think we have a great idea here at iHeart with our friends at P&G. I'll explain that later. But we look back at Stonewall. Those were riots. That wasn't the, sto- that wasn't the peaceful Stonewall march. That wasn't the demonstration. That was the Stonewall riots, plain and simple. And what it was, it was a a minority of a minority group, drag queens, gays, who were just beaten down by the cops every night. They were taking people to jail every night. And Uncle Johnny was a part of it. He remembers it, some of it. They were taking you to jail just because you were dancing with someone of the same sex. They would take you to jail if you were sitting at a bar and you turned and faced each other and talked because they knew you were gay. They would arrest you. And they just got fed up. They burned it down. Of course, Stonewall is in a very concentrated part of of Greenwich Village in New York City, uh, Sheridan Square. Uh, What's happening these nights now, it's every city, almost every city, major city, USA. But... Those Stonewall riots got us to a point where I don't know we could have achieved this without it. So I don't want to be a hypocrite and sit sit here and say, I, I don't know what to say. I'm just torn. I don't want anyone's property burned down. I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. But I'm just looking at history. I'm not, and I'm not going to give an opinion other than that. 
But it's Pride Month. Thank you, Smiling Stephen, for reminding us of that. Uh, yeah, Froggy, did you want to say something? Mm, no. No. Oh, good. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'm good. Hey, so I finally, we finally started. Don't, I know I'm late to the party. We finally started uh, season one of uh, Better Off Dead. Is it Better Off Dead? No. Dead to me? Uh, dead to me. Yeah, yeah. Dead to me. Dead to me. It's a dead show. Dead to me with Christina Applegate. What a great show. This thing is so well written. And we, we, we were up till 11.45. I couldn't. We, we were all in Netflix. They got us hooked in. Binging, binging. <laughs> Have you seen it? Have you watched? My mom's been my mom's been trying to get me to watch it, and she's like, "It's so good." I'm like, I I have to finish hoarding. I'm I just finished <laughs> hoard, I just finished the latest season of hoarding, and now I'm ready to move on. So maybe tonight we'll start that. <laughs> maybe on hey, Friday look, night you I took your to uh, I took your advice on Friday night and watched the wrong Missy. Oh my god, is that hilarious? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I laughed from start to finish. I mean, it is, I mean, listen, it, it is, it, if you want high quality, like something to think about, it is not. But if you just want stupidity and funny, it is start to finish. It's the funny. No lulls. Very good. All right. Straight Nate is informing me we need to take a break. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Whoever you meet in life, black, brown, white, wish for them to matter more than you. Is that an unpopular thing to say, probably? No. If you, if you already know that you matter enough, wish for others to matter more. If you're out there struggling to find your dream, I get it. Don't do that. You're okay. Do whatever you can to matter more. I get that. You deserve it. We all deserve it. That's the point. We all deserve. We all deserve what all of us have who are doing, doing well. We're okay. But if you come across someone who needs to feel like they matter, don't go for equality with them. Go to make them say, hey, matter more. Tell me about you. What are you going through? How are you doing? And there you have it. We got to get into the three things we need to know because... Gandhi's jumping up and down. She has to tell. Me. <laughs> ah, there's uh, so what's much going, going on? on. Well, we've oh, been talking about a lot of it. Yes. The story from Camden, you know, Camden, New Jersey. I know you're listening to us across the bridge. Thank you for listening to us. While Philly had just an awful, awful beating last night. The, the night was just rough. Yesterday, during peaceful protests in Camden, New Jersey, the cops brought out hot dogs and hamburgers and they were playing basketball with the kids. And I was like, God, where was the, I hope there was a camera there to catch that. That's what right? I would love to see on my right. CNN. All right. I, I apologize, Gandhi. Go right ahead. What do you have going on? Hi. All right. Well, there was a lot of protesting over the weekend as demands for justice continue over the death of George Floyd, which happened a week ago today. While the, majority of these protests were peaceful. There were certain hot zones where looting and violence erupted. Officials from those areas believe that the perpetrators actually came in from other regions strictly to cause havoc. At press time, military boots were on the ground in 15 states and Washington, D.C. At least 25 cities are now under curfew. And Elvis just mentioned this, but June is Pride Month and the coronavirus pandemic is still going strong. It's taking a toll on hundreds of events. More than 475 Pride events across the U.S. have already been canceled or postponed. 
obviously due to fears of spreading COVID-19, which has now killed more than 103,000 Americans. And finally, earlier we mentioned that a lot of police officers were using TikTok to send messages of support. But I don't know if you guys saw TikTok uh, in a little bit of trouble this weekend. Now they're catching a lot of heat after users noticed that the hashtags Black Lives Matter and George Floyd were unable to be tagged and videos were unable to be viewed. The company's response was that a random glitch was responsible for the censorship. But a lot of TikTokers are still unhappy about that today and voicing their concern. And those are your three things. By the way, we had such an incredible visit with Dr. Michael E. Dyson. He was on uh, God, an hour and a half ago, I guess. I don't even know what day it is. Um, <laughs> and it was so empowering. I want you to listen to it. It's up now at ElvisDuran.com. Allie Gold, thank you for getting that up. The full interview right now, I will have it also on, on our other uh, social later. But ElvisDuran.com right now for our interview with Dr. Dyson. Michael, you were great. Let's take a break. We'll be back after this. Hiring is challenging, but there is a place you can go where hiring is simple and smart. That place is ZipRecruiter, where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Don't answer the phone. Elvis, Elvis Duran, the Elvis Duran phone tap. Here we go. Garrett phone tapped Uncle Johnny. All right, set it up. What happened? All right, so we got an email from our listener, Christina, who told us her uncle Craig has a great talent. He thinks he sounds like Uncle Johnny to the point where Craig has gone out to bars and people have been giving him free drinks because they think he's Uncle Johnny. Wow. So we decided to use Craig's talent and phone tap our very own Uncle Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Listen in. Hello, zero, 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 zero. Hey, Johnny, it's Garrett. I know. <laughs> I've just gotten several emails uh, about something that I thought you should know about. Yeah. There's this guy that uh, has been going around claiming to be Uncle Johnny. Get out. You, you know, he's causing some trouble. He got thrown out of a bar for getting into a fight with a guy. He's giving you a bad name around town. All right. He, sa- he said he's gone to the monster before. I mean, he's literally copying your life. Oh, God. This is just a bad look for us at the radio station. It certainly is, but I, I don't, I, we don't need any of this. I, 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 I mean, mean, I don't know. It's my reputation. He's, he's ruining it. I know, and the interesting part is, so I decided to call him, and he is telling me that he's Uncle Johnny. Like, you, you know you know what? I'll put you on hold, and you can listen in, but I want you to hear what this guy sounds like. You know, he... he I have a stalker? Hold on. He doesn't know that I'm talking to you, so... Hey, Uncle Johnny, I'm sorry. Elvis was a little busy. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Hello, lady. Uh, What's going on? So you're telling me that uh, I should come out and have a drink with you. Yes. And, and, you know, I want to get back into the studio and, uh, you know, I got some more cocktails to make. Maybe we could do it Monday. You could have me back and uh, and we could make something. Uh, Uh, Hello. Uh, Hello. 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 Would you like to uh, like me to come with you? Uh, you, this is Uncle Johnny. Would you like me to come with you? No, no, this is Uncle Johnny. No, no, John. You're talking to the real one now. No, no, no. Hello? No. 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 Hello? Hey, hey anyways, you're not me, and I could tell I could. I'm dying to see oh, you. Come on. Yes, I'll come meet on. you. Yeah, where do you want to meet? You and I could uh, You could come out and visit me at, uh, at Cherry's on the Bay out on Fire Island. I, I, I'll set you up with a beautiful drink. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's completely uh, phony. He's copying everything I, I do. What are you, crazy? So I'll get you to come over to Fire Island. Are you cute? Ask Elvis what to do about this. I, I think that because uh, you can trace the call, if you can trace where the call is coming from. We've had him online long enough. And then uh, and then we'll notify the police that because it's ruining my reputation. And, and Hello? And I Hello? Can, tra- tra- Hello? Trace him now. 
What are you crazy? Well, I, you're both talking. Call the cops. This is a copyright infringement. I got a lot of money tied up in these T-shirts, you know. <laughs> really? Yeah. What are you bananas? T-shirts? I make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, Listen to this guy. He's trying, he's trying to say he's Uncle Johnny. Yeah, yeah, he they, he doesn't even it. sound like him. It's uh, awful. Would I have a toupee like this on if I wasn't Uncle Johnny? You can tell it's a toupee, can't you? Are you right. crazy? Uh, <laughs> you cannot tell. Uncle Johnny, see what I'm talking about? Yes. Well, apparently we got to get in touch with the police or something. Well, I'm going to call the cops right now. I think you should. This is somebody. He's gone all over the town impersonating me, and they got kicked out oh of bars God. and things like this. And now he's taken over my whole persona. What are you, bananas? Horrible. Oh, my God. I, know, I don't know what to do. We've got to get the police or something. We called some of the listeners that have met him, too, and they said that he even tried to sell them drugs. Now, this guy, listen, Hello. You, yes. buddy, oh, whoever, whoever you're, listen, you're ruining my reputation. You're really starting to aggravate me now. I don't want anybody selling drugs in my name or using my T-shirts or anything else. You shut up. Because if I see you, I'll break your head. You're not with me, buddy. Hello, lady. I'm telling you right now, it's over. It's over. What are you, a tough guy? I am a tough guy. I'm a hell of a lot tougher than you, baby. No, don't. I'm not even going to play this game with you. I, I'm not with you anymore. You're screwing up Elvis Duran's, uh, his reputation, the radio, and everybody around town. I will hunt you down, and I will have you arrested. And you're trying to perpetrate a fraud here. I am not trying to perpetrate anything. I'm going to perpetrate you. Pictures of me skinny dipping out in Palm Springs a couple of weeks ago. At, uh, was that Laguna? So you follow me on Twitter. What's the big deal. Oh, Anybody can do that. Oh, listen. What are you talking about? You're the fraud here. All right. I want to meet you. I want to meet you now. I want to meet you, too. Where are you? How am I going to know you? Tell me where to meet you this afternoon. Well, I... I Tell me where to meet right you this afternoon, you idiot. I live right by Madison Square Garden. You know what Yes, well, come over here, here, then. Street from Madison Square I live in Madison Square Garden, so come on over. Come on. Come on. Okay. So, you want to come on? Yeah. Send a picture. You can see me on YouTube making a banana surprise. They put women on it. I'm going to smack you so hard your mother's going to feel it. Hey, Uncle Johnny. He's bananas. You got phone tapped. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you going, didn't I? I'm going to kill you. <laughs> who, who is, who is my, who's playing Uncle Johnny? Uh, that That's Craig. He actually has been getting free drinks at bars because people think he's Uncle Johnny. <laughs> Get out. So, that was a phone tap. They phone tapped me. <laughs> You, hey, listen, Uncle Johnny, you've been a very good sport. <laughs> and I'm saying, what the hell is this guy, Bananas? <laughs> Elvis Duran phone tap. Have an idea for a phone tap? Go to ElvisDuran.com. Click on the phone tap tab. Tell us what you want to do. This phone tap was pre-recorded with permission granted by all participants. The Elvis Duran phone tap only on Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. Hiring is challenging, but there is a place you can go where hiring is simple and smart. That place is ZipRecruiter, where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.